great big good morning. Wonderful to have you folks joining us here today. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair. Big greetings to our studio audience joining us live. And again, anytime you're in town and you want to stop by, somebody just emailed me yesterday. And if you're interested in stopping by, we'd love to have you, love to grab lunch with you. Feel free to stop by in person. And as well, we know most people watch online and most people watch archived. So great to have you whenever and for wherever you're joining us from. So welcome to New Church Live. So, so today I want to start with this. It was it was int- interesting question, right? And this is this question. How much time do you spend just browsing on the internet? Not clicking anything. Just like scroll, scroll, scroll. And, and think of it this way, folks. If you sit down and if you have a Netflix account and you're trying to pick a movie, how long does it take you and whoever you're watching with to pick a movie? Probably not instantaneous. Probably not right away. There's probably a lot of scrolling, 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 scrolling. This one author had a great phrase that's connected to that. He said, we live in what he called the era of infinite browsing. I love that phrase. The era of infinite browsing. We live in a time where that's so much what we do. We just browse and browse and browse and browse and browse without ever entering deeply into anything. Now, what can that mean? How can we hold that? And I want, to use, I want to use an analogy here that was given by Pete Davis in a, in a recent valedictory speech that he gave. And, it, and it's, it's this idea. It's, it's the idea of hallways and doors. Hallways and doors. He said so much of life are like these hallways. And, and we live in an era where we want all the doors open, all the hallways available, all the time. The era of open options, the era of infinite browsing. I'll be interested in something to a certain point in time, but I'm far more interested in being interested than in this idea of commitment. And they're two different things. And isn't it interesting, right, to to think about how how we do that all the time. We we walk into these hallways. We want to have a bunch of hallways. We go to this, 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 and maybe it's Netflix, YouTube TV, YouTube, Facebook, and back again, or, or however you might do that. But it's infinite browsing. And he got up and he said in front of his classmates, a good point, doesn't that ever get a little tiresome? Doesn't that sort of wear you out a little bit? Does it really lead to happiness? I mean, is browsing happiness? Or more significantly, is browsing joy? These are big questions. Because we're gonna be doing a couple weeks here looking at the whole concept of dedication and commitment, and what I would share with you is that that whole idea of dedication and commitment incredibly important. And why is that? Here I wanna share with you some words from David Brooks as he's writing. And I think these words have a lot, have a lot to say to churches. He says it this way, folks, being part of community takes time and involves restrictions. Merely having an identity does not. And I love that idea, right? Like we we have, we have uh, children, you know, we have adult children. And, and I know we want our adult children to feel like they have an identity. They have a sense of self. But if their whole life is just dedicated, just dedicated to refining that sense of self without anything else, without any other touchstones, just be, just be yourself. I don't know that that's so good. I know for me, if it was just be myself, I'd eat way too many potato chips and drink way too much beer. 
So there has to be something out there that's, that's a little more than just that. Now, to come back again to that idea of, of hallways and that idea of doors, think, folks, of people you really admire. Think of someone in your life who really made a difference. Think of someone out there in community, someone that maybe a historical figure, somebody you felt really got it, like they really somehow put it all together. Isn't it interesting? Because that person probably didn't live a life of infinite browsing. They probably didn't live a life where they were constantly saying, look, it's just all about me. What they did is they walked down a hall, went into a room, and ready for this? They shut the door. <laughs> they shut the door. And they said, I'm staying here. I'm going to make a difference here. The space might not be big, or might be. The space might not be grand, or might be. It may be very plain, it may be very ordinary, it may be very public, like who knows? But I guarantee to you, you know those, you know those are the people in your life who've changed the world. Because they went down a hallway, they picked a door, and they said, here I am, this is where I'm staying. What they did, and we're gonna come back to this full circle, is they took values, the values that they had, and they moved them forward. And again, folks, please remember, like life is not perfect or perfectible. No one gets out of this life, uh, you know, no one gets out of this life alive. Like there's a lot of tough stuff that people wrestle with. Yet they wrestled with it. And this is, this is amazing to me, right? When they closed that door, they took those values and they turned them into practices. And they didn't just repeat them one, once, you know, they weren't just in the room, do the practice, leave the room. They, they were in the room and they took those values and they practiced and they practiced and they practiced. They practiced being loving people, they practiced commitment, they practiced loyalty, they practiced dedication, they practiced the ministry of presence, they practiced what I would say, showing up. And as the musicians come out, here's the beautiful irony, folks. A beautiful irony. As they do that practice, that sense of identity leans in and is built by community. And that sense of community comes right back and builds identity. So by being part of something, by being part of something, they become eternally more themselves. And becoming eternally more themselves, living the life that God has imprinted on their heart from all time, they learn to live more and more into community, more and more into dedication, more and more into commitment. Refining values into practices over and over again. It's a beautiful concept, folks. And when we come back, we're gonna flesh it out a bit and talk about, yeah, how does that exactly work? And, and how could that look in our lives? How could, we, how could we find lives that have this, 
this much deeper sense of commitment and dedication and moving away just from the infinite browsing we get caught into oh so easily. Good morning, everybody. We have the band again. The song's called Strength, Courage, and Wisdom. to step out on faith I gotta show my face I've been elusive for so long but freedom is mine today I gotta step out on faith it's time to show my face procrastination had me down but look what I have found I found strength courage and wisdom it's been soul and in my soul there is a voice but I've been too afraid to make a choice cause I'm scared of the things that I might be missing running too fast to stop and listen it's time to step out on faith I gotta show my face it's been elusive for so long but freedom is mine today I gotta step out on show my face procrastination had me down but look what I have found I found strength courage and wisdom it's been inside of me all along yeah strength courage and wisdom inside of me
a beautiful song there, folks. And, and again, like, like moving forward with into that river and into that idea of faith and love, how all these things kind of come together. It's interesting, right? Like, like think of the word dedication for a minute. It's, it's interesting, because even coming up with a series, dedication and commitment, it's like, wow, that'll probably scare a lot of people off. <laughs> but, but I want to talk about its meaning. Because this is what dedication means. There's two meanings. One, it means to make something sacred. We dedicate, we hallow this field. We dedicate this building. And the other one is that it means longevity. Boy, they were really dedicated. Remember that room we talked about where they shut the door? They were really dedicated. Isn't it interesting that when we look at those things that people give themselves to over a long time, what we see is what's sacred? Please, please don't let that thought just like disappear because I think it's so significant. When we really are dedicated to things for extended period of time, long obedience in one direction, we will find what's sacred. And that sacredness thrives around that devotion that takes place over extended periods. That's so important. And it's not something that our culture offers. I'm going to sound a little uh, shrill here. It's not something I see our culture offering a lot of right now. It's more like, how big can we make the menu? How many hallways can we have? How many doors can there be? And I think that makes us distracted and tired. I don't know anyone who's ever said, like, honey, how was your day? Oh, it was terrific. I spent an hour and a half browsing. It's not how life works. We, we know that. We know that. It's a hard time living that, but I think, I think we know that at a deeper level. And to kind of get at this story and, and flesh out dedication a little more, I want to talk about three rivers. Now, I realize for our congregants who are watching out in the Pittsburgh area, or those of you who know me, you think that this is going to be a little homage to Three Rivers or Three Rivers Stadium, Pittsburgh. It's not. It's about three rivers in the Garden of Eden. There's actually four. The fourth one just kind of wraps them all together. But I want to talk about three rivers and talk about what this story has to do. Now, now, now before I, I do that, I want to just give you a little context. One is, you know, from a, from a Christian New Church perspective, we believe that the Bible has what we would call this internal sense, what most people would call poetic truth, that it's, it's written at one level and we're called to understand it at a deeper level and actually wrestle with that understanding. You know, it's not that it's just one level, there's about seven of them, and, and our job is to wrestle with that. Many of you have heard me say this before, it's, it's the Jewish concept of midrash, that we're we're, we're to like look at God's word, and God's word is not like a perfect recipe book for, for, for how to cook a good life. It's, it's more like this is, these are the things we're going to wrestle with, and this is how that wrestling has taken place with, has taken place over time. It's a much more enlivening way, I think, to look at God's word. And in that story, it starts out with the story of creation. Adam and Eve, they're placed in the Garden of Eden. Probably most of you have heard that. And in the middle of that, there was a river, and then this river branches out, and it branches out into four different rivers. Again, we're going to talk about three of them. And that is what actually fed paradise. 
And, and think of that as a metaphor, what these waters that are going to feed the best parts of life. Because what do rivers do? Rivers carry us. They move us along in our lives, and our lives will be carried by something. Like, we get to choose what that is. And, and those rivers, as they carry us, and again, God's the biggest river out there that's kind of carrying all the rivers, but they will carry us certain places. And I think it's fair to say that there is a preferred order. There's a way to think of these rivers that actually can, can serve our life better and can help people and communities and help our country and help the world, can do all that better. And that's so much what Christianity is all about. You folks heard me say this last week, but I really believe it's important. It's, it's, it's this mindset. It's this way of, of just we start to see things very differently. And it's a good, life-giving difference. So with these, with these rivers, folks, I want to talk about, I want to read you the story, and then I'm going to talk about what these three rivers are. And this is just a, it's a short story. It's in Genesis 2, verse 10. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. So one big river, four separating out. The name of the first is the, the Pishon. It winds for the entire land where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. So first river, the one that bears gold. The name of the second river is the Gahon. It winds to the entire land. The name of the third is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of the Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Again, Tigris and Euphrates. Some of you are probably very familiar with that. Now, it's interesting, folks, when we, when we look at it and we look at what the, what the meanings are here. And, and, and here, again, this is Emanuel Swedenborg saying, like, hey, think about it this way. Here might be a way to think about it, to think about these three rivers. So I'm going to give you a picture of the three, and then I want to talk about it a little bit. If we look at the first river, the Pishon, faith based on love, the Gihon, knowledge, and the Hidekel, reasoning. So three different rivers. None of them are bad. But the question becomes, how do we put it in the right order? And I realize that's, that sounds really esoteric. But actually, it's got a lot of really good knowledge to it. It's got a lot of stuff for us to think about there. First off, folks, the idea of faith born of love. Faith born of love. That's to be the starting point. Not faith born of events. I think that's really important. But a faith that is born of love. And then we can see, right, if we come from that faith born of love, what knowledge does it seek? And then the reasoning, the third river, what kind of logic or reasoning does it give rise to? So I come from this faith, and if, if, uh, if you want to use the word trust, the word trust and faith are interchangeable. So, so I, I get that there's a love out there in the universe. I have faith and trust that there is a holding, a bigger holding. From there I reach out, and, and what do I see as the facts? Like I'll pick different facts in life. And then I'll also start to think a little differently. Like, here's, here's a weird, weird question for you folks. Like, how many birds did you see this morning? Probably none of you saw a bird this morning. Yet, how many birds did you walk past? Probably several hundred. A bird watcher 
would have already seen many of those. It's that idea that, that where we come from, our orientation will determine largely what we see. What is there is there. The birds are there. But if I'm not a bird watcher, that doesn't fire me out. I won't see it. So how, how just might this look, folks, like a faith born of love? If I could, if I could really settle into, yeah, that's, that's, that needs to be the starting point of life, a faith born of love. What would it look like? Well, I want to tell you a story from yesterday. Very honored, and some of you know this couple, Wenya and Larry, congregants here at New Church Live, did their wedding. And so my, my pregame meal for weddings, baptisms, funerals, and New Church Live, my pregame meal is Wawa coffee. So with, with Wawa, I'm driving down to the, to the local Wawa. I, it's a hot day, right? Very hot here in Philadelphia. I know some folks, no doubt, joining us from where it's much cooler. It is warm here in Philadelphia right now. So, so driving down to the local Wawa, parking lot's really crowded. I'm a little bit rushed, but like, okay, there's somebody trying to pull out. I'll just let her pull out. So she, so she pulls out in front of me, turns her car around, gives me a big wave. It was an, it was an older woman, and I just thought, oh, that was the right thing to do. That was really good. She made, she made my day because she waved. Fast forward to the wedding reception. So I sit down at the wedding reception, and again, my day had been made by this woman waving her hand. I, I've had my coffee, ready to go. And I sit down at the table, and you can't make this stuff up. Guess who my waitress was at the table? That woman. Her name was Flo. <laughs> she was the one with red hair and glasses. You can't make that up. Right? So I'm able to go like, were you just at Wawa? And she, she said, yes. And I said, you made my day because you waved to me. Thank you. Folks, that's a faith born of love. Right? I mean, it's, and I, know, I don't live there very often at all. Many of you live there far more often than I do. But it was just a moment where I just kind of stuck my, my toe in that river and it was good. See, there's a way now with life. Like, here's, here's the magic to me. When people share those kinds of stories... I experience those kind of stories, ready for this, it doesn't surprise me anymore. Not a lick. I sort of expect that stuff to happen. Because I know there's this, there's this strange river that just kind of like pulls us all through. And we're sitting there, and we're having these conversations around these tables. There's probably 35, 40 people there. It was a little bit of heaven on earth. Folks, that, that's a faith born of love. And you can see where, where that leads to certain things you're going to see. You're going to see the world a certain way. And you're going to learn, learn to think a certain way, too, from that. This would have been very different if I, if I you know, if I, <laughs> yeah, just... Just imagine that, that, you know, the day hadn't gone well, that I'd been in a little, little scrape, a little fender bender at Wawa, right? I would have entered that space totally differently. I would have seen different things, and my thought pattern would have been far different. So we want to be thinking that way, and we want to also know that there's this opposite way to think, and, and it's opposite, but I want to be clear, folks, it's, it's not bad. So if we start with the other, the Heidekel, we start with that other river of reasoning or how we thought or our thought paradigm or however you want to phrase that. 
If it's all about figuring it out, what knowledge does it seek? Like if my life is all about, it's gotta all be reasonable. I've gotta have it all figured out. I've gotta be able to see it all. Like life is like this geometric puzzle and I'm gonna figure it out. That will pick certain kinds of knowledge and it will build a certain kind of faith and create a certain kind of love. So it kind of goes the other way. Now, I, I want to be clear, folks. I think, I think this, is, this is super important. I think that there is goodness to that, actually. Right? There's goodness to that. What I mean? Well, let's, let's go back to the hallways and the, you know, the hallways and the doors. If I come into something... And again, I realize as a teacher, I would have scolded my students for mixing a metaphor, but I'm gonna do it unabashedly so. So if you think of these rivers as hallways with all these doors, I can look at this faith from love or faith that grows from love. I can look at that as one hallway that will lead me to certain doors, that will lead me to certain interactions, a certain way of seeing knowledge, a certain way of seeing thought patterns. It'll lead me to think a certain way, do certain things. Part two, reasoning. If it's all about logic and, and figuring it out, that also is a hallway and will also lead me to different doors, to pick different knowledge and have different ways of thinking leading to different faith, different love. You get, you get the point here. There's a positive to that. This morning, walking in, Levi is sitting over here and he's talking about frames per second for today's service. I know nothing about frames per second. I know that FPS is the acronym for it. I'm glad that they're working on that part. That's coming from reason, it picks knowledge, it'll lead to a certain thing, that's really good. But the point is, that's not why you're here. You're not joining us online because of frames per second. You're joining us online because you just have a feeling that if we join together and do this, Together, somehow the world will be a little bit better. And when we start from reason, folks, like one of the, well, there's really two challenges I want to speak to. And they're short, but I think they're important. One is we live in an era, and again, I'm going to sound really old-fashioned here, <laughs> really old-fashioned. We live in an era where, boy, it feels like everything's getting torn down. Everything's getting discounted. Everything is open to ridicule in a lot of ways. Negate, negate, negate. One author, a famous Polish philosopher, said we're living in an era, and he called it liquid modernity. Fancy words for saying we're melting everything down, but we're not letting things become solid again. And that means we might be experimenting with this. We might be experimenting with this, that can you have trees without roots? That's a pretty big question and a pretty big challenge. So when we look at that, folks, and we, we look at, we look at that, that negation, we can see that if we always come from reason, and our reason is based, our reason comes from a general assumption that everything out there is to be disproven, that's not gonna lead to a great world. I think, I, I, I don't know that that leads to a world that, that really, it doesn't lead to a world that excites me much. It certainly takes all the magic out of the world. 
it certainly leaves us kind of bereft of meaning. And it leaves us a lot of cynicism. Not the world I want to live in. Not the world I imagine you want to live in. Certainly not the world we want to create. What that can mean, folks, as well, is, is, and this I say with a smile, it's very hard to reason our way to love. It's very hard to do that. It was interesting, I was, I was reading a, uh, a story about, uh, you know, because I do a lot of marriage counseling. This was a story they had, a study they did on dating apps. And how, how a lot of people just have gone like, I'm done with dating apps because, because they don't always match you up right. Sometimes they do, right? But sometimes it just doesn't work. And, and that's because so much of love is not reasonable. I mean, think about the people you love. Do they drive you absolutely crazy a fair amount of the time? Absolutely. It's not reasonable. Why love them? But we do. And that's a reflection of God and a reflection of God's love. So what does this mean, folks? Well, one idea that I want to share with you here that I think is, is important. We can look at God in a number of different ways. We can see God as a concept or God as reality. God is reality, faith born of love. And we can choose to believe. You know this idea of believe in or follow. A concept or reality. Something we believe in or something we follow. And these are subtle differences. But I think in terms of, of living a life of commitment, in terms of walking down that hall, figuring out a room, being brave enough to close the door, and saying, this is where I'm going to do my work, I think it, I think it attacks, attaches to that in pretty dramatic fashion. So let's, let's just think of number one, right? You know, God can be like, again, this, this concept, I believe. It can be this intellectual thing. That's, that's a good thing. And there's also sort of a clay feet to it. <sighs> Folks, it's, 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 I just, I, as I say many times, you know, I'm not overly interested in debating with people whether there is a God or there isn't. If it's just coming from an intellectual perspective, that's boring. <laughs> in my experiences, is, is, is God is, is so much more than a concept. And actually, if we hold God just as this concept that we're gonna believe, and we just hold it as that, it's pretty shallow. It doesn't really grow in the ways that, that we might hope. It just becomes like, my faith life just becomes a checkbox. Do I believe or don't I? Check if I do, check if I don't. Either one, good, done. My faith life is done. But then we have this other one. So instead of just saying it's a concept to believe, imagine we had this, folks. Instead, we saw a reality we follow. I walk down a hallway with this, I'll have one type, one set of rooms I'll be looking for. I'll walk down a hallway with this, the reality we follow, knowing that that's the river that actually bears the gold. I'll see it very, very differently. That reality we follow, folks, like, and it begs a question. I'm sure someone I was thinking through today, I'm sure someone watching online is like, yeah, but, you know, but, but how do you know God's real? 
I don't know. I, I guess the best answer I have to that is because I know love's real. I know we're all blessed to people we love and people who love us. It has to come from somewhere. I look at Jesus and it's pretty plain <laughs> what the answer to that is. And I see this constant endeavor in terms of Jesus' life to say, like, friends, this is a reality well worth following. This is a hallway. My father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. You know the way. Oh, it's good stuff. And what we shift to there, folks, is we shift to this. We shift to understanding a reality that gives rise to a beautiful trust that there's a holding. And as I started the service with, we start to understand as well these beautiful values that give rise to practice, a dedicated practice, longevity and sacredness. And we start to see that river in a new way, in an empowering way, in a way that will carry us home.
folks as we're going to transition into just a short little video around stewardship just we appreciate your support because it enables us to do the things we do to serve in the many ways we serve from music to pastoring to saint francis and to all the different things of new church live so take a listen as angela gives us a little update hey new church live i just want to invite you all to consider making a donation today if you're watching this service either live or archived you're using the technology it takes to view this service. And it takes a small army of people that are highly skilled in order to run this service, as well as all the technology it takes to stream it to your living room. So we hope you'll consider supporting this congregation and making a donation before the end of our fiscal year. We have about $110,000 left to raise, and we're really hoping that we can meet that goal so that we continue to offer all the things that happen here and stream services to you. So thank you all very much for making a donation today. For that update, Ange. So, folks, to, to close, to close here. I, I think I think this is important stuff for us to talk about. You know, what is what does dedication really look like? Can I share with you one of my biggest fears? So, this is a big one for me. I think we live in this era, right? where hallways just keep on proliferating. Doors, rooms continue to proliferate. Each one saying, just give me a little bit of your attention. Just a little bit. And so we end up sampling, sampling, sampling this, this eternal browsing. I certainly fall into it all the time. The honesty for me, there's no future for church in that paradigm. 
because there's always going to be something more enticing. There's always going to be something bigger, better, better explosions, stuntmen, all that stuff. That's not what church offers. Church doesn't say, just give me a little bit of attention. It says this, and it says it in a life-giving way. I think it says Jesus would say it. Give me your life. Not life as in like everything goes to, you know, we just, church becomes the be on end all. That's not it. It's church becomes, religion becomes, faith becomes, love becomes this river that carries us. And we don't just sample it, we get in it. And we have faith that this reality is good. That this reality will carry us home. That this reality will make our lives better, will help us discover who we really are, made in God's image and likeness. It will help us to discover each other. It'll help us build community. Not just one church, but build community. It'll help us build a world that is very different than the world today. And that's not done in a shrill way that punishes other people or other faiths. New Church, we believe we're all part of this river. All these rivers are beautiful. But it means this. It means dedication. It means thinking about walking down a hall, entering a room, and closing a door, saying this is where we're going to make our mark. There are many places, right, where we can do that. We see people all the time. Some people do it around St. Francis Inn. You know, we can fill in all kinds of things. But that's the movement away from that infinite browsing into a life, really, of dedication. And again, it sounds so old-fashioned, <laughs> but maybe that's part of the problem. I don't think it's old-fashioned at all. And I think probably part of us wants to hear that message Again, wants to understand that in new ways. Wants to understand what it's like to live a faith that's born of love and commit to it. It's not that that commitment or that dedication is going to erase any of life's problems. If there's one thing I can promise you is that it will not. The challenges of life are still going to be the challenges of life. The parts of your heart right now that are broken will still probably remain broken. But it creates, and this is so hard to put words to, it creates this gravitas. It creates this groundedness that gives us a place to move through life in a new and different way. The way it was intended from all time, I think. So folks, the call here, the, the, the thought for the week, is just think for a minute. Are you living a life of infinite browsing? Are you picking a whole bunch of things mile wide and inch deep 
where you're just touching on little tiny pieces of interest. And if you are, take time to think about that. Not in a way like you're doing anything wrong. I, again, I'm, you know, guilty, guiltiest person here of that. But see if there's a level of hope and joy out there for discovering that room that is yours to discover, for discovering that reality, <laughs> that reality that we follow. And in that, finding the work that is ours to do, that is yours to do, that is ours to do, where we get this beautiful synergy, where individuality guided towards the common good fills the common good, and then the common good in turn feeds this, this individuality, but it's, but it's an individuality that's right-sized, that isn't just going to end when we finally said, yeah, I figured out just how to be myself. Because it's not about how do I figure out to be myself alone. It's how do we figure out to be us. How do we figure out to be us? So, folks, that's our thought for the week. Hopefully that's not too much for you and too much for me. But it is something on my heart. So I wish you a week. A week of a hallway that leads to a door, that leads to a room, that leads, friends, to life. Amen. What we're going to do now is now we're going to do a prayer. We're going to say the Our Father prayer, and then we'll close with a blessing, and then we will have a final song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you for bringing us together. And help us, Lord, to understand this life of faith, this faith born of love, as something, of course, where each of us has our own different individual perspectives. But let us see those just as notes or instruments, all giving voice to one song, which is your song, which is your way, which is your life. Help us to understand that kind of unity that celebrates diversity and that kind of diversity that moves towards unity. Help us, Lord, to find those gifts, to exercise those gifts. Help us to find each other. Help us to find you. Help us to find that hallway, to open that door, and to live in a room anew. Bless our ways, Lord. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. 
be looking for something Something sacred I lost But the river is wide And it's too hard to cross And even though I know the river is wide I walked on every evening And I stand on the shore I try to cross to the opposite side So I can finally find what I've been looking for In the middle of the night I'll go walking in my sleep Through the valley of fear To a river so deep And I've been searching for something Taken out of my soul Something I've been hurting to lose Something somebody stole I don't know why I go walking at night But now I'm tired and I don't want to walk anymore I hope it doesn't take the rest of my life Until I find what it is that I've been looking for In the middle of the night I'll go walking in my Wonderful week. See you soon. Thank you.